Thank you for turning on the Bar Review Podcast. My name is Jake, and this is a show where I get drunk and I tell you about the law. Today I am drinking coffee with a little bit of Evan Williams in it. And the topic for today is interstate secession, aka what the fuck happens when you die and you don't make a will. And you'll find this in the law of wills, trusts, and estates, which is under property law. And this is the default rule when you're dumb as fuck and you don't make a will and then you die. And this will pop up in three particular situations. One, if there's no will. Two, the will doesn't happen to distribute all of the person's shit. Three, the testator says in their will that something will just follow the rules of intestacy. And if there's no will, you follow this route to make sure that all the property is taken care of. And remember, you follow down the line of people till all the shit in the estate is taken. And one good way to avoid all this bullshit is to make a fucking will. First, you ask if there's a spouse. They'll need to have a valid marriage and legal survival. We'll get to that later. Then you identify the children. This can include adopted kids, equitable adoption, which is like informal adoption, uh, children born after the death of the testator, or even illegitimate children. And this shit gets real messy. Then you go through the ancestors and collaterals, which means the testator's parents and then brothers and sisters. And then once you have all the people who are gonna take in the intestate secession, you ask is someone barred from taking, like spousal or parental abandonment, disinheritance, disclaimer, meaning that someone just wants to give up the gift and pass it to their heirs, or slayer statute rule, and we'll get to that later too. But let's figure out how much people can take. So if there's a spouse and no kids, then the spouse gets the entire estate. But if there's kids, then they get a spousal share and then a percentage, which depends on the length of the marriage. And then the property is distributed to the descendants heirs by one of three systems. And you've got to Google which one's your jurisdiction and bust out a pen and paper because it's about to get real fucking messy. You got the Persterpe system, which divides the property and the descendants surviving children and descendants children to have living heirs. Then the children of the deceased heir represent their dead parent and then split the share between themselves. And then you have per capita at each generation, which is what the universal probate code uses and is by far the best. Each taker at each generation is treated equally. And the shares that count are the first generation that has a survivor and pre-deceased individuals that left descendants. But what the fuck does that mean? Well, bust out that pen and paper because I'm going to give you a little example so you can try and figure out what the fuck I'm talking about. So, we have A, who dies. He has three children. He has B, C, and D. Well, B and D died. B left two kids. We'll call them B1 and B2. And then you have D, who left one child, D1. C is still alive. So the people who are going to be taking is B1, B2, C, and D1. But what shares do they get? Well, under the Persterpe system, C gets one-third. Because of all of A's children, B, C, and D, that's one-third. And so then B's children split B's share. And D gets D's share, because he's the only kid of D. So B1, B2, and D1, they all get two-ninth shares. And you add all of those fucking fractions together, and you get 100%. It's confusing, it's some bullshit, but that's why you make a will, folks. But wait, there's more! Per capita at each generation does it a little differently. So you have C, who gets one-third share still. But then you have D1, the child of D. He actually just gets D's share flat out. 
So then all you have to worry about is B1 and B2, and they just split B's share. So they both get one-sixth, and you add all of those fucking fractions together, and you have 100%. Per capita is way better than everybody else! So let's get to the exceptions but not really portion, which is the rule of survival. So this is UPC 2105, and it says that unless a beneficiary survives more than 120 hours past the decedent's death, then you are treated as having predeceased them. And this comes up in cases where whole families die in a car wreck. This is such an uplifting topic. Slayer statutes, meaning that if you kill the person, you don't get to collect in their will. Don't be fucking dumb. You're treated as having predeceased the person from the will. You will be literally dead to that person, legally and figuratively dead to them. And the last one, which is how to avoid all this bullshit, make a fucking will! So let's get to the examples. You have Batman who dies, and he doesn't write a will. He plans for everything, but it's a fucking dumbass. Anyways, he leaves behind no spouse and four descendants. Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, and Damian Wayne. Dick was formally adopted, Jason and Tim were informally adopted, and Damien is the actual son of Batman. So who gets what? No spouse will share because Batman was a lonely bastard. Sorry Alfred, you don't count. Damien, his actual son, will clearly take under the will. Dick Grayson was formally adopted and will also take. But what about Jason and Tim? Batman informally adopted them as children, but keeping them in a dark cave and never filled out paperwork or a missing child report, now that I mention it, it's just kind of creepy, no? Well, it depends on whether or not the jurisdiction does equitable adoption, and the majority rule says that you have no right to take, and the minority rule says that under a fairness of justice doctrine, you're allowed to take. Because the theory is, is that Batman acted as a parent to these informally adopted children and it would be unfair to not allow them to take. So two will definitely take and two might not. But like anything with the law, you get it in writing and you make a fucking will. Number two, we got Granny Goodness who dies and she doesn't leave a will. She has two kids. One is alive, we'll call him Uncle Ruckus, and one is dead, who gives a shit about his name? But the dead child has two of his own kids who are both alive. How is Granny's shit gonna get distributed? Well, under the English Persterpe system, Uncle Ruckus is gonna get half a share. And the kids of the dead guy, whose name we don't care about, will split the other half share that their parent would have gotten, so they both get one-fourth each. And under the per capita system, you look at how many kids Granny had. She had two. So Uncle Ruckus still gets his half, and then the dead brother's line will split the other half equally. So it doesn't really matter. They both get one-fourth. But what if there were four grandkids from that dead parent? Well, then each of the grandkids would still get one-eighth. And let's do some fucking math. Ruckus gets one-half total, which would be four-eighths. Thanks, College Algebra, which I definitely didn't fail three times. And then each of the grandkids would split the other four-eighths left, meaning that they would take one-eighth. Does it make sense? Probably fucking not. But that's why you make a family tree and write it down to keep track of it. And at the end of the day, you make a fucking will! So ways to study it. I want you guys to bust out the pen and paper and write down the family trees. You keep in mind who can take and how to distribute it. Spouses, kids, grandparents, siblings, and so on. You got the per sterpe system, you got the per capita system, so maybe you lucked out and you're in a UPC jurisdiction. And lastly, when you're practicing, you just make sure that everyone you fucking know knows the importance of writing a goddamn will. So thanks for joining me today on the episode of the Bar Review Podcast. I've been drinking coffee and a little bit of Evan Williams. I'm Jake, and that shit was the law.